I'm life and leadership coach, Tara Keach, and this is the Diary of an Inspired Leaders podcast. This is where you get to see inside the brain of a coach and leader as I navigate burnout recovery, growth, goals, life, love, and all of the in-betweens. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is something that so many of us deal with. It was actually a conversation that I have with a friend that inspired this. One of his biggest pet peeves. And as I was reflecting on the conversation that we had, I thought that you might really appreciate understanding what's happening in this situation so that you can apply it to the conversations that you have, to the work that you do, and to your team. So my friend told me that he was at a conference, a a corporate event where new people, executives and above, were being oriented to the company and to the work. He was being called upon to share some information with this group. And it was in a kind of an uncomfortable situation. He said that there were more people in the conference room there should have probably been, <laughs> been assigned that they had to bring in seats. And so it was already like uncomfortable. And then with the enthusiasm of the group, he was being over-talked. He was being, he felt, and his perception was that he was being disregarded and ignored. And it was hard for him to get the attention of the group, hold the group's attention enough to communicate what he was there to do, to, to, to share with them. And he walked away feeling, first of all, <laughs> really frustrated, but also like angry and a little bit bitter. And the people didn't get the information that he had originally like been brought in to share. And this is so relatable. I don't know how many of, I don't know if you've ever tried to communicate with someone who is stuck in their own lane or not paying attention to you or blatantly disregarding you. You know what this feels like. And it can, depending on your interpretation, can make you feel really small. It can make you feel really angry, really heated. And it can really like take the wind out of your sails. It can make you second guess yourself or have that imposter syndrome peak back up. So what do we do? What we're going to do in this conversation, in this podcast, I want to unpack it a little bit. I want to look at what's happening when this situation comes up. And then I want to share with you some coaching skills. It's really four steps that I want you to think through the next time that this happens so that you can redeem the opportunity make the most of it, and work to be heard, work to be understood and partner so that the other people receive the knowledge, the wisdom, the encouragement that you really want to share with them. Are you ready for this? It's going to be super good. So why does someone else ignore or disregard or just completely dismiss something that you say? What's happening in their brain when you are having this experience? Fundamentally, their brain is not caring about what you value. They're not trusting you or believing you. They're not, maybe they don't know you or like you. And they're definitely not hearing you. Okay, so their brain is running this filtration system constantly, just like your brain is, constantly filtering for the most vital, the most relevant, the most impactful tidbits of information in their environment always. And I'm willing to bet right now you're probably multitasking. And so you've got a wide array of inputs coming in through your brain, through all of your senses, you are having an experience and weighing whether or not to pay attention to give weight to the words that are coming through this podcast. Okay. 
the same thing's happening in real life conversations. Your brain is having to make evaluations, and I mean value, your brain is having to value the information that someone else is giving you. And we make that decision. Your brain is running this algorithm and this equation based on the history that they have, based on the history they have with you, and based on the most dominant needs they have in that moment. Okay. So your brain, when you're ignoring someone, is emphasizing other priorities. This makes sense, but we can kind of objectively understand where your brain is coming from with the sea of information that's swirling around our brains all day long. It can be kind of tricky to have to make that call. And if we're the one who's being ignored, (laughs) our brain is running a similar evaluation to decide how we're interpreting the feedback that we're getting. Okay, so there's feedback upon feedback. It gets really meta really fast. I have good news and bad news here. You can't control how their brain is perceiving and making evaluations. I know that's a bummer. And maybe you feel like this is a bait and switch of a podcast, but hang with me. You can't control the ultimate decision that they make about what to listen to, what to heed, what information is most relevant. So what can you control? You can control your intention to be heard and to be understood. You can control the messaging that you use. You can control the tone of your voice. You can control the dance you do (laughs) while you're trying to persuade them or influence them or inform them. How you use all of those different tactics. There's literally a library full of resources that can help you upskill in the arts of persuasion, the arts of presentation. What I want you to use is this coaching skill, this ability that you have to set your intention around what you want to have communicated, not understood, not done, not felt by them, but how you feel, the message that you want to communicate and how you want to communicate it. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you ever get to control is your own thoughts, your own feelings and your own actions, your behaviors. Same goes for this example conversation. My friend could not have ever controlled if the other people in the room heed his advice or receive the training that he was there to give. What he can control is his observations, the meaning that he assigns to those observations and how he pivots or responds to that feedback. He can also control his intention for the actions that he's taking for his behaviors. What outcome does he ultimately want there? That's the first step I want you to do. When you're feeling overtalked, when you're feeling disregarded, when you're feeling misunderstood, the very first thing that I want you to do is to start with your intention here. What is the data of the message that you want to have understood? And I'm going to give you a silly example. So (laughs) we just went through a recent string of colder weather. It's not our norm. We live in a very hot climate here in the Gulf Coast. So we had temperatures dip into the teens and the 20s. And my, one of my beautiful children wanted to wear their flip-flops to walk the dog. Now, most of the time, 99.44% of the time, my kids get to wear whatever they want, however they want. And if they underdress or overdress, those are their own natural consequences. It helps them make their decisions. Okay. But for whatever reason, on this day, I think I was feeling cold. Honestly, I think I was cold and I didn't want my child to feel cold. And so I felt strongly that my child should not wear flip-flops to walk the dog 
outside in 22 degree weather. (laughs) Now, I tried to communicate this to her a couple different ways and I felt ignored and disregarded. And I was beginning to feel really frustrated because I perceived that she was deliberately ignoring me or didn't care about what I said or didn't value what I thought or taught her. Are you with me? Does that sort of make sense? You can see this happening, right? Now, when I paused because I caught my brain and you can do this too. You can listen to your thoughts. You can listen to your body. Your emotions are trying to show you things. I heard my frustration. I I could see sort of like the sentences running through my mind. I could feel myself getting elevated in this state of frustration. And what I did was I got really clear about what I wanted her to know. I want you to do the same thing. What I wanted her to know is that it is cold and she will be uncomfortable and she will not enjoy the outside time and the walk with the dog if she is uncomfortable. That's it. That's the data that I really wanted her to internalize. Now, for my friend who was feeling disregarded and ignored, the data that he wanted communicated, the data that he wanted to transfer to these other people are the facts about, oh, the product that he was there to talk about, the features that he was there to talk about, and the plan for what was coming. As you set that intention, you also get to choose your intentional feeling. How do you want to feel as you're doing this communicating? How do you want to feel in this conversation? For my kid, I wanted to feel pretty neutral, right? I wanted to feel a little bit unruffled. I want to feel like fine either way, calm, collected. My friend wanted to feel empowered and encouraged and entertaining and connected to his peer group. How do you want to feel in this conversation that you want to have? Okay, so once you know the data that you want to communicate and you want to know how you feel while you're communicating that information... Step two is to pay attention. I want you to pay attention to how you're presenting it, what's not working, and what's going on with them, okay? I want you, and it doesn't have to be, I'm not asking for a dissertation, what are the competing sources of information that their brain is trying to weigh against your message? Just for the sake of empathy, for the sake of understanding how their brain is making that evaluation so that you can address them more impactfully in the next step. So as you're paying attention, and I'll use the example of my kiddo again, she was really excited to have outside time. The dog was hyped up because the dog needed outside time. And she was busy, like hustling to get ready and go out quickly. That makes a lot of sense. Of course, of course, her brain is deprioritizing the mom voice that she was hearing that may or most likely sounded like nagging a little bit or one more thing to do. Now, I want you to imagine my friend in this conference room observing his colleagues in a tight quarters. They were new people. They were having a fun event. They were distracted. There were other people who were members of the company who had greater deals of influence, like higher ups in the company were also present. So these new people were trying to make a good impression and sort of schmoozy. These were all neutral observations. And that all makes sense about why their brains would deprioritize the information that my friend was wanting to share. Okay, so we have a little bit of empathy. If you're doing this step, this attention giving step correctly, you will generate a little bit of an understanding. It may even feel like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense right? Like that empathy that sort of feels like, oh yeah, obviously. Okay. 
You've set your intention. That was step number one. You've paid attention. That's step number two. Now step number three with what you've observed so far, I want you to message to them and for them. Okay, so now we're switching into actually taking action. I don't know if you could, if you're an office fan, if you remember the episode where Michael Scott is negotiating a salary for Daryl. And so Michael's gone to Wikipedia and he pulls down all the negotiation tactics. And one of them <laughs> is that you like speak really softly so that the other person has to lean in more. Anyway, it's a comedy of errors, of course. <laughs> there are all sorts of different ways that you can frame your message. There is not a right or wrong way. If you're interested in this, I would love to nerd out with you and share some resources that have been fascinating to me as I learn about how human brains receive information. But what you need to hear in this step, what you need to take away from this step is a compassion for where the other person is and a compassion for what they need to know. Then figure out the message that will most directly translate that information to them in a way that feels good to you in a way that feels like how your intention was to feel. So for me to calmly and unruffledly <laughs> unruffled, relay to my kid that I want them to be comfortable, that I want them to be warm, that I want them to enjoy their time, that is a much different message than, oh my God, put on your socks and shoes. I know you can, <laughs> I'm making a joke of this, but you can literally feel the emotional and energetic difference between those two approaches, right? Okay. Create your message to them and for them. Now, there are all sorts of different ways to do this. If you are really not getting through with someone in a situation that does not feel lighthearted, like the example I'm giving about my kid dog walking in flip-flops and 22 degrees, I want you to think about switching how you're messaging, what other avenues of communication do you have besides what you're trying right now? If things are escalating, and I've seen and heard many, many, many corporate conversations that get super escalated quickly in a conference call. For example, if you are in a conversation, you're feeling disregarded and unheard, and you feel your own emotional reaction peaking, you have an intention for what you want to recommend, what you want to have heard, you can observe where they're coming from, the data of the circumstance that that other person is in. I want you to see what other options you have for how you can communicate, where you can communicate, what modes you can use. If conference calls in front of 20 other people are not working, maybe a one-on-one -on -one call would. Maybe an email that bullets your points could work. Maybe... The best possible thing for you to do is to ask questions. Sometimes question asking can be the best messaging. And I got to tell you, that's actually the tactic that I took with my kid. Instead of reframing and trying to use the same words in a different tone or trying to use the same setting, I stopped saying things and started asking. And so for my kid, I was like, why do you think I'm asking you to put on your socks and shoes? And this is a conversation that's a little familiar to her. So she's like, because you love me. It's like, right. I totally love you. <laughs> Why do you think I would want someone who I love to have on socks and shoes today? She's like, I don't know. You don't want me to be cold. It's like, yeah, I don't want you to be cold. Because if you're cold, what's going to happen? She's like, I guess I'll just come in. It's like, and do you want to come in? She's like, no, I want to be outside. It's like, okay. So I think... <laughs> 
that you wearing your socks and shoes would help you be more comfortable and less cold and be able to stay outside longer. And you know what she said? She's like, yeah, but I just like, I want to go right now. Okay. Now for you and me, she was able to still make the decision that she wanted to make with the information that I had given her. I was able to be heard and have her understand me. I want you to remember that it's not my job to control what she does or the decision she ultimately makes because my intention was to be heard and to be understood. So I communicated in a way that helped her hear me and helped her understand my perspective. And she did. She still walked the dog in her flip-flops. But I knew that I had done what I could do. And I maintained our relationship. And I had a moment with her that wasn't frustrated, that was honest communication. Which I'm willing to guarantee is exactly what you want also. Now, the last step to this process, if you really want to drive it home, after you have communicated efficiently and effectively in the emotional capacity where you want to show up, You can offer to help. So that's step number four. You can make an offer to help with whatever the next steps are. Hello, people pleasers. Public service announcement here. I am not telling you to do it for them. I am saying that as part of your communication and as part of this like relationship deepening opportunity that you have, you can offer to help them figure out next steps to delegate next steps, to identify resources for the next steps, to follow up and create accountability for those next steps. When you do that, their brain is going to say, oh, well, they really like care and at least they want to help. So I know where to go next time I want help. It also intrinsically incentivizes their brain to follow through on the point that you made. Their brain will recognize that the option and the information that you put forth had validity and is possible to have accomplished. So the next time that you feel ignored, the next time that you feel like you're being talked over or that what you say isn't really registering or isn't being appreciated, these four steps can help you reframe. These four coaching tools can help you dial in and take the conversation deeper and be really, truly heard and understood. It is not a silver bullet to getting other people to do what you want, but it is a path forward to make sure that you are accountable for creating the communication and the relationship that you really do value, okay? You're gonna set your intention for the data that you want relayed and the feelings that you wanna feel, how you wanna show up. You're gonna pay attention to what's going on You're going to observe the facts of their environment and create a little bit of an empathy to connect with them. Then you're going to create a message that is for them and give it to them directly and maybe in a different way than how it's been tried so far. And then the last thing you can do is really offer to help. This is really valuable. This is golden coaching work in action, in the real world, in your real job today, in all of your relationships. I would love to know how this goes for you. If you have questions, I am here for those too. If you would take a minute and give this podcast a five-star rating, helps this podcast get in front of audiences that need and want to hear this information for their own personal and professional growth so that they can lead well, so that others can lead well and be well in their job as leaders. Until next time, happy day. I'll talk with you soon. 
If you enjoyed this episode, you have got to join me in the Leaders Coaching Mentorship. This is where you get to receive coaching, mentoring, and you can learn the skills you need to live your most inspired life and love leading others. Join us today at theleaderscoachingmentorship.com.